0: Welcome to the MSP Order Podcast. Before we kick off our show, we would like to share what our main objective is on the MSP. Our main goal is that we're seeing those new crop profitable and self-sustainable IT services. We are not just Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I am your host Fernando Leone. I am joined by my co-host Gregory Morabiets. Today's topic is going to be a lengthy one: the MSP side hustle checklist. Because if you plan on starting an MSP while you're working full time, well, it's going to be it's going to be challenging, but it's going to be worth your while if you have the skill set to start up a company so let's go over the table of contents and each topic we're going to discuss so first we're going to define your business plan right you got a uh, what we call the uvp unique value proposition you need a sales process pricing plan marketing strategy costs to operate deciding on your uh, wheelhouse How do you plan to attract prospects, right? Because you're going to have, you're going to need a mechanism in place to generate opportunities. If you plan on growing, selling value, right? You're going to need to learn how to sell value. And that's not going to be an easy task, but it can be easy for some of you. Choosing a vertical or going generic. We're going to lean towards choosing a vertical, but we'll discuss both. Pros and cons, Um, not complicating things when it comes to tracking your sales opportunities. Do you go with an Excel document or do you get a CRM? Pricing, we'll discuss how we came up with pricing. Uh, The break-fix model versus the MSP model, selecting a tech stack, onboarding process, vendor relationships, white label partners. Is going to be our last topic so let's kick this off and all right greg well you know just chime in as we go along but you know defining your business plan is going to be a is, is part of the roadmap, right your unique value proposition what do you i guess you're going to have to lean to your strong skill sets because if you plan on attract or delivering a tech support type of service to your uh to businesses you're gonna need to be unique because you're going to be competing with many other it firms but in the beginning you're gonna have to rely on friends and family and former colleagues to get you in the door because if you come across an opportunity and they don't know you from adam they're gonna ask for references and you're just starting out, you don't have any references. So you're gonna to have to lean on uh, friends and family to get you in the door that will vouch for you because it's uh, it's gonna be a, a challenge to land that first client. So your unique value proposition, how would you define that, Greg? Can you uh, chime in there and give us some input on that?
1: Well, you don't want to be doing too many things at once. You don't want to come in and say you do, you know, all IT services. You you maybe just just a help desk, maybe you're just server, maybe you're just a SQL server. I mean, you got to pick a pick a lane, right? To try to be in because you're going to try to get you're going to if you pick too many lanes, people are going to start asking for references and if you don't have enough references across all of those disciplines, you're not going to get a lot of work. So you want to try to consolidate your offering down to like one or two things.
0: Sure. And, you know, that's part of the wheelhouse. And I mentioned uh, uh, earlier in the uh, table of contents is you're going to want to stick to that wheelhouse and not venture out. I see so many IT firms that are like, Hey, we're doing help desk support. We're doing uh server support, network support. <clears throat> we also do web development and, uh, uh, other IT-related um, services that are just not part of IT. And I consider IT, well, the professional managed services that we provide is help desk and network support and SOC services, and that's it. Obviously, cloud is bundled into the in, into the network, and that's where the servers now um, are residing. But, yeah, picking a wheelhouse, picking a... Picking a an area that you're really strong in is going to help you win uh, some opportunities. Now, a sales process, you've got to have a sales process when you come across an opportunity, because I was talking to an individual the other day, and I was just stunned by his problem, just stunned by how he ran his business. He just He spoke to a a prospect and he just presented him with the contract and the contract is not the first is not the next step you should you should take when you're presenting uh, someone with a plan. You need a proposal. But before we get to the proposal, you want to also qualify. And part part of a sales process is qualifying an opportunity. Are they a good fit for you? are they going to be a low maintenance or a high maintenance client so you got to have some type of process that's going to properly qualify the opportunity so you just need to get a list of questions that is going to determine hey this is a great fit or it's not a great fit because if you get if you take on an opportunity and they're high maintenance you're not going to be it's not going to be a lucrative opportunity So sales process is going to be critical, and there's plenty out in the – there's plenty of uh, sales processes online. I'm sure that when you join our group, we'll be – we'll have a sales process for you, but a sales process is going to help you weed out the opportunities that are not going to be beneficial for your firm. A pricing plan. Let's talk about –
1: pricing. hold on a second. You know (laughs) –
0: yeah go ahead i know you have your your
1: feedback on that well you you know we hear a lot about from other shows where people are like you know maybe the customer you can't you got to qualify your customer maybe it's not the right customer for you maybe that's not lucrative enough maybe you're not going to make enough money on the customer you know be acting like a bull and i can tell you that as a customer, I don't like that. <laughs> I, I don't appreciate it. Okay. I'll tell you a story. I'll say this to you. I was getting a plumber, a quote from a plumber. The first plumber came along and he said, My line was full. You know, it was backing up into the the toilet was backing up into this into the sink in the in the bathtub. The first plumber came along and said, $8,000. I'll replace all your plumbing. And I was like, wow, okay. The second plumber came along and he was like, well, I'll just go and find out where the problem is in your line. I'll dig it up. I'll replace all the pipes that the problem is at. And then I will, you know, $4,500. And the third guy came along and said, you know, $2,900. And I was like, wow, so much money for this backed up line. Why so much money? And so I know from experience, because I've done this a thousand times, that we could just stick a camera down there. And we stuck a camera down there and there was a blockage and we removed it and it was uh, back to normal. So just because you can charge more doesn't mean the customer is not savvy in some ways, especially in certain marketplaces like the Silicon Valley, where. Everyone is in the IT industry. Everyone knows how much everything costs because they're producing these products. You know, they produce IT services. So maybe you could get away with it in other locations where people are naive about pricing about IT services. But if you're in a marketplace that's highly competitive, there's a lot of IT service providers like there are around where we are. There are tens of thousands of them. It's super highly competitive. So you got to be careful about what charges, what prices you're charging.
0: Well, I, I, you know, it's funny that you did that because I, I do the same thing. I, um, we bought a property and it's a brand new property. And one of the, one of the, we're going through this process of selecting appliances and it comes already in the, in the sale of the, of the, uh, of the home, it already comes with appliances. So there's only two appliances that we need to select. They're like, hey, you need to select two appliances and these are your options. And I'm like, okay. So I get the model number and it they tell, they tell me the price, $2,500. I'm like, okay, uh, for a refrigerator. And I look at the model and I'm like, all right, I like that model the best. So what do I do? I go on Google and I do a search for uh, what this refrigerator should cost. Cause I'm okay with them charging me a few hundred dollars you know they got to make money right so i'm okay with that they're going to install it and get it up to you know uh, go through the whole process of getting it delivered and all that so but i discovered that they were charging me over 1500 more dollars than what they i could get it for and i just couldn't uh, come to terms with that i'm like why am i going to pay so much more money for a refrigerator if i can get it myself so yeah,
1: we had the same thing happen to us with that camera deal. Remember when we got a quote from the camera company and it was like 180% markup yeah. on the cameras and I'm all yeah. I don't mind you making 10, 15, 20, 50 even 50 points was a little bit extreme. But 180 points on each product plus yeah. the install rates were were astronomical. Yeah. It's like yeah. we know better. Yeah, you and I know. We just know better that that we are resellers of that camera brand. That was the sad part. We we resold that camera brand that they brought us, and I'm all, "Can't these cameras don't cost 850 <laughs> bucks each? They cost 500 bucks each. What are you doing? Why are you doing this incredible markups on everything? Yeah. Yeah. It comes back and bites you. Trust me."
0: It does. It does. And you don't start off a relationship on on the right foot. So I think that and that's where, you know, it's a great segue into the next topic, which is the pricing plan. How do you come up with a pricing plan? And you've mentioned that, you know, you have operational costs. And let's admit, come on, Greg, if you're a one man show, you're not going to have a very much a very high operational expense, especially if you're a one man show. You got to pay for your tech stack. You got to pay for your computer, which is a one-time fee. But when you're paying for a platform like, uh, there's plenty out there where it includes your RMM, your backup, your EDR. You have x x amount of operational expenses each month. Now, how do you feel? Okay, you're, gonna, you're gonna laugh right now because I was helping a gentleman with his contract the other day. He's a small IT shop. And he's delivering tech support, backup, EDR, some uh, compliance reporting, um, and and um, uh, dark web services. I mean, every security uh, layer, of security you can think of, because they're bookkeeping and they they're really paranoid. They don't want to download ransomware, and they had MFA, right, multi-factor authentication. I mean, it was crazy. And I thought, okay, for something like this, you should maybe pay $250, $300 per user. How do you feel about that? There's no servers. One firewall. Too high. Too high. Too high. How too much high. do you think he was charging? Well, a one-man a- show? <laughs> a one-man. Maybe, sh- maybe 100 bucks a user? One-man show charging a bookkeeper, and the bookkeeper only has one employee in the, in the company. With two computers,
1: that's a that's a tough one. I, I would only charge for for that size of a firm. Yeah, with with no servers and probably yeah. nothing nothing in the cloud. Yeah, I, I would yeah. charge maybe sixty five dollars a user. He is charging nine hundred dollars per user. See that kind of thing puts you in a situation where people are shopping you, and the moment they discover that you're ripping them off, they're going to drop you, and they're not going to give you any notice. Well, they're they're gonna, gonna, me, it's, that's brutal. Let me
0: let <laughs> let me make out let me make out two. let me just point out two things here. This poor guy, I'm I'm trying to mentor him, and I, I, I didn't want to say anything about the price, but I'm going to mention to him and I'm going to tell him this is one of the reasons you're not winning so much business. This is why you're not getting more opportunities. You're too expensive. You haven't thought about your pricing model and you really need to think about just like you said what are your operational costs okay you have uh x amount and you need to determine what is a fair price in your market that will make you competitive but i'll tell you what's going to make you stand out is that unique value proposition if you can build a business model where you are, let's say, the expert in the legal industry, or let's just say the medical industry. You go in there and you just dazzle everybody with your with your presentation and how you can deliver a 24-7 sock. Make yourself stand out because you're going to not only guarantee service level agreements, you're going to provide 24-7 support. I mean, you're so unique that you make the other competitors look like uh, Tiny Tim, and you're a giant, right? Because you're going to meet their their biggest challenges, right? They want to – medical offices want to know that they can get support 24-7. They want to know that they're going to be HIPAA compliant and that they're going to be secure. So when you provide them with a pricing plan – and it's competitive, you can can even be a little bit more expensive than your competitors, you're probably going to get chosen over them because of your unique value proposition. Because I would rather work with a firm that can solve my problem in minutes and somebody that's going to take a day or two, right? Because that can hurt your business. If you're going to be more of a liability than a value proposition,
1: I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Okay. You are you are in a deluded world where you think that people are going to say, I can't provide you with support immediately and I'm going to take two days to give you support. No one's going to say that to a customer. Everyone is going, as you know, everyone's going to put, just like when they're in an interview, just like when they're on a date, they're going to put their best foot forward. They're going to say everything you want to hear. And then that's how they're going to be. They're not going to say, I differentiate differently from my customers because I don't do the following. Um, They're going to say, I'll do whatever you want. And here's the price. And then it'll be like that across five different groups. And they're going to choose the lowest cost of them all. Now, I got to say to you, if you can put some spice or some extra ranch dressing on the top, or some sauce in there where it you stand out like you said, you may win on that. We've seen people beat us on the same price because their presentation was better looking. I mean, we've heard that before. So is there some sauce you can throw on the top? Otherwise, you're neck and neck, really. Um, anybody who's higher price and is offering the same exact thing, I mean, you could do a focus group. You can bring 30 people in from the street and have a sales guy roll through with a bag of Doritos and say to each person, look, here's this bag of Doritos. It's a dollar. The next guy comes in and goes, here's the same exact bag of Doritos. It's $2. I mean, no one in the focus group is going to buy $2 bags of Doritos unless the guy comes in and he says, yeah, here's a bag of Doritos, but I'm also going to provide you free refills on Doritos. For life, for the same price for two dollars. Then you might go, oh, okay. Well, that's that's different. Sure. So you're right. You have to differentiate yourself by by doing something that makes a lot of sense for you. Like tw- like you said, twenty four by seven is something that makes sense. Offering sock services makes sense. Um, giving like a lifetime warranty or some weird thing like that. You know, you've got to throw something on top that makes you stand out above and beyond your competition. And it can't be something generic. You can't say, oh, we have a satisfaction guarantee or we have, uh, you know, 24 by seven service, um, blah, 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 blah. Any everybody else is gonna say the same exact thing. You've got to differentiate yourself with some other way. You may say, look, we follow Six Sigma. We are ITAR certified uh, or ITIL certified, you know? And say, look, we're, we have all the our guys are trained and certified in Microsoft. That might pull it apart because that might say, oh, well, these other guys didn't say they were they were all Microsoft certified or partner or gold partners or silver partners. So, yeah, you got to do something special because it's it's tight. It's tough. Yeah. Well, let's talk
0: about the pricing plan for just a second here, because you you take into. You need to take into you need to factor in not only operational expenses, but if you're the only person, you know it's not like you have a, a a a team of engineers you need to pay each month. So other than the tech stack you got to pay for it each month, I mean, you you're going to have some costs, some 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 hidden costs like your cell phone bill, your internet connection your, your, uh, any, uh, licenses you have to pay for such as office 365. Are there any other hidden costs that we need to consider to determine? Okay. I, I, I my my operational costs are, uh, plus my salary is $5,000 a month. I mean, let's say you get a 20 person office in the door, right? You got a 20 person office in the door. Are you going to say a hundred dollars per user? that's only two thousand bucks a month doesn't even mean half of what you're uh of what you're expected to to cover each month so what is going to determine that per user rate
1: well, I mean I tell you I've seen people bake in their next you know the the desert between between deals into their yeah. pricing. I've seen someone go, okay, well, it cost me fifty dollars a month in, in, in a tech stack fees, I'm going to charge 50, you know, like you said, $900 because the time between now and my next feast could be really far. So I got to charge as much as I can right now out the door in order to compensate for the fact that I might not have another fee. I might have famine for a long time. So yeah, you, you gotta be careful. You also need to know that a lot of these things, that you're ordering from your tech stack are readily buyable by a customer. So if you're trying to sell someone Sentinel One and you're charging $15 a seat, they could just go to the Sentinel One website and see that it's $9 a seat. They're going to wonder, why are you marking this up $6 for the same exact thing? So you have to be really careful there too, because you know people are going to shop you. They're just going to shop you. They will. You're right. Information is too easy to
0: to retain now right Google is so powerful it makes you so just it's so easy to gather information which leads to my next topic and and the pricing plan you know what maybe we'll dedicate a whole show just to the pricing plan because I I know that we created a webinar on it and maybe we'll do that again because we really break it down we broke it down uh, uh, to a granular level on the pricing plan but let's talk about marketing why marketing is so important when you start off as a one-man show, or you're, let's say you're a side hustle, you got a full-time job, you're, um, you, you, you have some flexibility at work, so it allows you to build this side hustle, which is very possible if um, you work remotely, you work from home, and there's nobody overseeing you, you're not going into an office, so. It allows you, especially if you have a large network of colleagues, a large network of friends and family, uh, you're part of networking groups. But when you start getting referred into opportunities, this makes life pretty easy for you if you're being referred into these opportunities. But as both of us know, that, well, eventually dries up. It will dry up. It will. Uh, it, it will probably seem. I, I've spoken with with uh, CEOs who get referrals once every six months, and that is not a way to build a business. If you're okay with referrals one with referrals once every six months, and you're closing ninety percent of the deals, great. Hey, that's that's fine. If you're okay with that type of business, if that if. If you don't want to grow exponentially, that's fine. But if you plan, just like you just said a minute ago, if you plan to uh if you if you feel your rates are too high and you're gonna get shopped around, you're gonna eventually lose clients. You're gonna eventually lose clients due to poor service or an angry client. So a marketing strategy is really important because. You want a steady stream of leads coming in. And how can you create this? Well, there's a number of ways. If you're willing to take a chance on PPC, SEO, uh, email campaigns, there's artificial intelligence uh, companies out there that build these type of campaigns for you. So if you're willing to take a chance with online marketing, that would be the best option to take because it's it's not hard but it's not easy SEO can be accomplished but you need to dedicate yourself to um to a specific strategy and that will be a whole another show we'll have an SEO expert online and he'll be talking to us about it but marketing that should be part of your strategy because you're going to want Constant leads coming in. It's just an
1: absolute uh, requirement if you plan on on growing. Well, I I think I've told you this story before. I'll tell it again. My friend, he has a company where he worked at Cisco, and he, you know, his manager was constantly complaining to him about the need for technicians that had a certain skill set. Yeah. And he he could, you know, he had the skill set, so. He what he did was his boss is just like looking, 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 can never find anyone. So he went to India and trained like five or six guys, um, you know, on how to do this this particular type of programming. And then he came back to his boss, who he's good friends with, and he said, "Hey, I got I got this resource that's got the engineers that you need." And the boss, desperate for these guys, you know, picked them up and then. He mentored them and he made sure they did a good job and Cisco enjoyed having him there and his business grew and grew and more comp- parts of Cisco used those engineers, so on and so forth. But he tried to get more business and he had no marketing. I asked him, how much of your business is not Cisco? And yeah. he'd been doing it for 10 years, you know, 10 years of, of trying to sell on his own just going to meetings and just talking to people how much do you think of his business was not Cisco 0% 5% 5% was 5% not Cisco was not Cisco he had earned wow. 5% of his business so if he didn't have Cisco his 100 you know his million dollar company would only have been a $50,000 company Ooh. because it, you know and he made very little off of those other contracts he had yeah. no marketing plan he was just relying on the fact that cisco was going to continuously feed him so he had no marketing plan i wondered i said well without a marketing plan how much business are you going to make well yeah. the answer is is pretty much none yeah wow, wow. it's none it's zero that's,
0: that's a little scary
1: that's it is scary sc-
0: That's scary, especially if you have mortgages and you have a family and you have, you know, you got responsibilities. That is a little scary. Ten
1: ten years, he's got great references. He's got Cisco as his primary, right? Yeah. He's got excellent, excellent resources. Just couldn't break into the marketplace. Number one, Cisco would pay paid his these rates that he was charging which we're out of this world, you know, you know what happens when you look at some of the rates that these, these, uh, big companies pay to contract organizations, $250 an hour is like the low end. And yeah. so he go, he's going out trying to get more business with a $250 an hour rate. Yeah. I mean, that's like yeah. $1,500 a day yeah. for, you know, for a guy. And he's going to try to make uh, good luck on selling that. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? It's like without without some sort of rock solid marketing plan where you're you're completely targeting uh, more large companies like Intel, IBM, um, you know Juniper and all that sh- all that stuff. There's no way on earth. You just know it that he's going to be expanding into other places with those rates. It's just insane. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, that's very, it's a very flawed uh, business model because yeah, as you know, they he he he's gonna lo- he's gonna shut shut his doors down once his manager or whoever loves him out there finds another resource that's more, I don't know, brings more value to the organization. And they're going to say they're going to easily replace him. And that's going to be a very
1: tough day for him. That's not that's going to be awful. awful. Well, he's He's got nothing to turn turn to. Yeah, he can't turn to his other five percent and go, okay, this is going to sustain me. Yeah, no, he can't. He he, he can't. But as long as he has that niche, he's captured it. He's crossed. He's landed in expand. He's cross pollinated Cisco. He's got he's in the 10 or 15 different departments. He would have to have a completely fundamental breakdown. All the managers would have to leave and decide all his engineers were garbage. He just basically goes to India every year and runs a school on uh, to get more of those engineers out so he can place more of them at Cisco. Because they come to him and say, I need more of these engineers, and then he produces them. But but the marketplace, it can't sustain him. It, yeah. His rates are just – because you you know these rates people are charging like these big companies – I've been hearing rates like at $400 an hour. (laughs) It's just, if you try to go to somebody and say, I charge $400 an hour for this SQL technician in our small, medium business environment, you're crazy. Which means you can only go after large firms, which means that you have to have an in. No one's out of the gate going to say to you, Fernando, I want to give you guys a chance at at Cisco to, to, to be our provider. Yeah. It yeah, just never. It's never gonna happen. Never. Yeah. No,
0: I I, I hear you. It's uh, it's a tough spot. He's uh, kind of pigeonholed himself, I would say, because he's uh, providing. Well, he's he's only working with Cisco and hasn't really expanded. It's because he doesn't have a marketing
1: strategy. He can't. He, he can't. Even if he did have a marketing strategy, you know that his pricing is just out of this world. He would have to only go after whales. Yeah. to only go after whales, he's got to have a slick, dedicated salesperson, marketing person. They have to work that customer hard for months, maybe even for years, any prospects they get. And to have somebody in your org sitting there for years earning $150,000, $200,000 a year, which he has, actually. He has marketing and salespeople. They just can't break through any of the any of these giants they're, they they try all day long interesting interesting so he
0: does have a sales staff dedicated to generating more business but they're just not able to
1: to they uh they can't break into other like juniper or or uh, um or these other organizations sure. they have extremely hard time breaking into those organizations because their rates are furiously high interesting interesting
0: yeah, it's it's uh, it, I mean, we were just discussing, you know, pricing. <laughs> it's like, right. it's important. You gotta, you gotta make yourself reasonable. <laughs> you gotta have a, a reasonable pricing plan, or you're gonna price yourself out. It's just not a good position to be in.
1: Yeah, you can price yourself out like nine hundred dollars a seat, man. That's just crazy. Well, let's jump to um. <laughs> how do you plan to attract
0: prospects and i've outlined uh, several options that you know some of them are are inexpensive some of them are free it's just your time so website you got to have a website if you're in a city that has 500,000 plus citizens you you should have a web presence you need to have a presence that Illustrates that you are a corporation. You're not one time. Sh- you're not a one man show. You got you, you got to make yourself look like you're a big player in the industry because businesses, will they're handing you the the keys to their kingdom. They do not want to give somebody who may go out of business because they've lost their Cisco and now <laughs> they they don't want to do that. So um, you want to have a web presence so. You tell your visitors what your what your organization is about, who you support, your wheelhouse, your 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 expertise. You gotta illustrate what um, what you have to offer, and there's so many things to address on a website. I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know how many times I've gone to a website where I've seen there hasn't been a a phone number. Have you gone to a website and you haven't seen a phone number?
1: Absolutely. And no contact information and had no idea what they even did. Mm. Yeah, well, well, I see that a lot, too. I see some companies where I'm
0: like, "Um, I don't understand what you do. If you can't explain the problem you solve within five seconds, you're jacked. you got to be able to um, keep your visitors engaged. Your website is going to be your digital printing machine money machine if you build it right now what's free word of mouth deliver a great service and you'll get plenty of referrals ask for referrals you can ask your clients for referrals cold calling if you have a a a great list of uh, businesses in your area and uh you know who the executives are you have the phone numbers Cold calling is a great way to start generating business, especially if you have a great cold calling script, which we're going to be providing for our members on the MSP Corner. But one thing that I find very interesting, Greg, and I don't know how you feel about this, is partnering with the enemy. You got to know who your enemies are, right? Because if you don't, you're going to... Fall victim to you know, maybe going out of business because if you can be if you can be friends with your enemies, you can create opportunities there because and listen to me here, you might go talk to the CEO of an mSP who who loves to only work with the legal industry or the medical or specific size of organization. When you start networking with other MSPs, you get to know, their, uh, who they're working with and how they operate. And, you know, some of these CEOs are amazing people. They're the, a lot of them are open are an open book and they're willing to talk to you and sit down with you and go to lunch and discuss their, their, uh, their, their model and who they support. And when you gain their trust, when you show that you're a credible individual, you're skilled and, they feel like hey you know what i don't want to support a 20 person office in the suburbs i'll give it to tom he's a he's a small it shop he can easily support this 20 person office so you got to learn to partner with other msps and it's 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 um i i'm sure it's Easy to join these type of groups or meet other CEOs of MSPs because there's lots of networking groups out there. So um, networking with other industries is another free opportunity to generate leads. When you're working with movers, cabling uh, partners, uh, security video camera, um, there's there's uh, electricians, uh, property managers. When you're networking with other industries, they are going to think of you when they have an opportunity. But don't be a taker, be a giver. You gotta also think about what other uh, your other partners or your other networking partners do. So when there is an opportunity, you can hand it off to them. So that's five opportunities. There's five inexpensive ways. The website, it's gonna cost you money, but uh the the other four three word of mouth cold calling partnering with other msps networking
1: with other industries it just takes time and you should be careful when you're when you're part your enemies are called enemies for a reason i mean (laughs) you got to be careful sure because like we've seen it all we've had people try to poach poach our our customers we've had people sell their services to customers when we've sent them on as a uh, independent contractor to to pr- do a particular task. Like say we don't have skills with SQL and we know somebody who's got SQL skills, they'll drop their business card all over the uh, I've had you know other te- other companies drop their business cards all over the office, drop in like one on every single desk of every single person. and you know they' they're supposed to come under our hats. And then I've had others that have charged us their full rates. I go hey can you provide a sequel guy and they're like yeah you know 200 150 175 dollars an hour I'm like well I'm kind of using you as a third party here so we can be friends and learn how each other works and that kind of thing you got to be careful there but then again we've bought other companies that have we've liked we've said okay you guys you know they give us a good deal they don't try to poach they're honest they're ethical um but then we turn around and buy them or we merge with them or yeah. we acquire them so yeah. be careful about your enemies but hey there's enough to go around to everybody you don't go to try to steal out of someone else's mouth yeah Um, yeah you know there's plenty of businesses there's there's endless business businesses are opening every day not all of them have it services so yeah you can you can get new customers all the time don't go into someone else's uh refrigerator and steal their beer you know don't do that it's just (laughs) it's just wrong and don't charge your your partners your full rate yeah. Give them a discount, give them a lower yeah. cost rate or give it to them. At, sometimes we would give engineers to people at cost. We'd say, Hey, this guy costs me 35 or 40 or $50 an hour. Why don't you use him at your, you know, for this job and then think of me when something good happens to you. And that's when it works out really well. Not when they're dropping business cards and trying to convince people that your company is shit and theirs is the best.
0: Well, you know, it's a, uh, it is a tough balancing act. Yeah. Right? it It is a tough balancing act. But when you, you, you could tell who is a person of integrity, who's honest, who's credible. I can't. Stand up person. Sure, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get to know them, but, uh, get to know their, you know, I was, I was listening to this one story and, uh. This guy is about to close a hundred million dollar deal. He's a he's a finance guy, and he calls up his client and says, uh, "We're canceling the deal. We're canceling that one hundred million dollar deal." And the guy he's playing golf. He did this on the golf course, and the, and his partner's like, "Dude, what what's going on? How did why did you cancel a hundred million dollar deal?" He goes, "Well, I just got word that this guy I'm going to go into this opportunity with." he cheated on his wife. He's like, I am not going to go into business with an individual who cheats. And I think that's a great policy to have. You got to get to know all your your business partners on a friendly level, right? Who are they as individuals? Are they good people? Are uh, Are they loyal? Are they honest, right? So it doesn't matter. And I feel the same way. Don't 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 do uh, 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 don't go into business with people that have shady
1: characters
0: because it could end up biting you,
1: you know, where and at the end. So, well, so, I since I can't tell who's shady, I just yeah. believe I just believe everyone is shady So <laughs> because I'm not surprised when someone turns around and I I look at my back and there's a big knife in it. I go, oh, yeah, I knew that was going to happen eventually. Yeah. So, Yeah, it's you're you're that's hard. It is, and I know we've been stabbed in the back a lot of times. Countless, (laughs) countless. What do you mean, lots?
0: Countless. (laughs) Well, I think that we've been we've done well, even though we've been stabbed in the back. But yeah, I get it. It it just gets you jaded. You you become cynical, and I get it. I get it. Yeah,
1: you don't you just don't make the same mistakes and over and over again. There's so many mistakes we made getting here that it's like we don't make any more of those mistakes so we don't put ourselves out there to be taken advantage of anymore yeah so there's a lot less of flex there's a lot less opportunities that are that that where sketchiness can take place even yes there's some opportunities we get that if that we just shut down the ability for it to be sketchy yeah we just go okay this and then that sometimes turns the deal around so i don't know it's it's a super hard scenario if everyone's honest man you could do a crazy amount of business yeah but everyone's not honest
0: well let's um let's take a break here for a spout a sponsor announcement so you're gonna uh i just need a two seconds of silence
1: shortcut offers comprehensive support levels tailored
0: for it firms from level one to level three it support expertise our flexible options ensure seamless operations, available from part-time assistance to twenty-four-seven coverage. Elevate your firm's efficiency with our dedicated support services. All right, guys, we're back, and the next topic. Now that we pulled the knife out of our backs, <laughs> we're gonna let's, let's jump on to the next topic of um, selling value because you remember that you're selling you're not selling tech services and this is where I was talking about earlier in the in the conversation of how are you going to how are you going to be different how are you going to how are you going to sound different right because I'll tell you this as a sales individual at a managed security service provider i do not talk about technical services whatsoever when i'm talking to an organization that has security challenges. I don't talk about, oh, we implement Splunk and Sentinel One or CrowdStrike or um, uh, these tool sets and MFA and all these acronyms that are gonna drive people crazy. CEOs, CFOs, VPs of IT, they don't wanna hear that crap. They wanna hear that you're gonna keep them secure, that you're going to prevent problems that you're going to guarantee service level agreements because you understand, you have a full understanding that they can't have any downtime, that they need support within a certain amount of time. So when you start making these guarantees, because it's gonna be a lot different than your competitor who's like, hey, we provide tech services and security services. We uh, provide You with all the licenses for EDR and SIM, and we ensure that um, um, your your people don't download ransomware and things like that. They're going to be talking more technical talk. I'm not saying all your competitors. Maybe all your competitors are taking coaching classes, and they know how to sell value. So who's going to be the most charming? Who's going to be the funniest? If you're all selling value, okay, now it's going to come down to personality, charming funny so learn to sell value stand out the next important topic is
1: well i'll tell you i'll tell you though being funny is a lot less uh now in our woke more woke society being funny is a lot less of a of a uh i would put a warning on that being funny is a lot less uh attractive than it used to be i used to be funny and people would love me and my character and all that and now I try to be funny and I get I get silence. I get. Really? Of, yeah, I get silence really? now more than ever, because everyone is super scared that you're going to say something that is going to be offensive to somebody in the room. Right. Interesting. Um, Interesting. I, I would just steer away from being funny uh, anymore and just be more factual and be, you know, be more personable. Uh, be more uh, likable, but don't be funny. I I know it's 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 a sucky world, but being funny is is, is gone by the wayside. Interesting. Ask any wow. ask any comedian. Um, go <laughs> online and and look at some comedians and see how they're all whining and crying about the fact that when they try to be funny, nobody's laughing anymore at them, and people are canceling them because they've said something that is offensive. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll also interject one last thing. I have had friends of mine who are VPs at big Fortune 500 companies have HR training where they've gone into meetings and tr- cracked jokes. And the HR people have come down on them hard and said, you should not ever be funny because it is could be misconstrued. You're kidding. and People th- think you're serious. You're in a position of authority. If you're trying to make jokes, then then it's good. You're going to lose your credibility, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of the VPs I've talked to who used to be funny say, I don't I'm not funny anymore. Wow.
0: You know, I'm not surprised, but I am surprised because of just how the world is uh, is 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 moving in a certain direction. And it's too bad. Too bad. It's too, too bad. I don't get it,
1: but hey, I'd rather have business than be funny. I'll tell you that. Yeah, being funny used to be like a character plus. Yeah. Now, not so much now. Now it's more that you are neutral, you know, being neutral and non-binary or whatever. And and you're going to see that that's going to push out more of the sales processes. Just don't be funny anymore. Just as a warning. (laughs)
0: Man, now, now I'm like, well,
1: should we be funny on the podcast? Well, if we are definitely going to offend somebody, if we are, but you know, we're not trying. We're not in front of one person. We're in sure. front of a hundred or five hundred people. Uh, but that but when one person in our group doesn't like what we're doing, we still yeah. have ninety nine more chances to to be successful. When you're at a business site, you have one chance to be yeah. successful at that one site. So yeah. if your if your jokes don't fly, then yeah. you're going to lose, you know, people are going to be like, well, what he said offended me. He yeah. said, you, he said, Hey, you, uh, Hey, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm yeah. neither, I'm yeah. neither of those. So yeah. I was offended by that. Yeah. You know, yeah. you gotta just, you just really have to be careful, man.
0: Yeah. No, I get it.
1: I get it. it we, we live in
0: a very sensitive world where, people are going to be offended for the pronoun you choose for them you 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 made an assumption of their pronoun and i can see that that that's uh, we live in a very sensitive world now but hey it is what it is we got to make uh, adjustments to our lifestyle and if that's part of it then hey you know it's not going to be it's not, it's not like i'm compromising my character or my values it's just the way the world uh is moving in, and hey we we we're we're in the service industry. we got to make adjustments to to how we operate, so i'm okay. well,
1: I'll tell that. you I was in a meeting today where they went out of their way to just you know to make sure everything was was very uh woke and non non gender and I wanted to say, don't worry about that, that's stupid, <laughs> you know. I'm like, I don't care about gender. You don't, you don't need to say that. But what did I do? I shut my mouth and I yeah. sat there and I just didn't say anything. And yeah. you know what? That was the better, that was the right move. Instead yeah. of going, I don't care about this woke BS. I didn't say yeah. anything like that. I just sat there, quiet, listened, obs- yeah. you know, listened to what everyone was saying, and I went, okay, let's proceed. And I just went down through the facts. I didn't say. How's everybody's weekend? Is anybody going to, you know, X, Y, or Z, uh, you, you know, you guys, you girls or, or you ladies night, blah, blah, blah. And everyone, I didn't do that. Yeah. Which I yeah. normally do. I yeah. just didn't do, I don't do that anymore. Cause it's just, it's, you're right. It's very sketchy. Yeah, it is sketchy. And, um,
0: but I agree with you. You got to, uh, when you're selling yourself, Remember that you're not selling a service, you're selling yourself and you're selling uh, value. And it's a tough it's a tough concept for some people. Some people just suck at selling. But when you have coaches like us, mentors like us, where we're going to be talking about these these really tough uh, conversations of how to sell value, positioning your organization, standing out we want to be that mentor for young firms even even the old guys you know i know they've been doing this for a long time but there's you know i've i've seen some conversations online where they're like i've been doing this for 20 years and i'm not growing at the pace that i want i want to retire in 10 years i i need to get new business i need to learn how to sell value well that's the way of the world now it's not it's no longer the charming and funny guy it's like hey you're going to have to position your organization as a a a firm that delivers value. And that's how you're going to make yourself different.
1: Yeah, and how do you do that? It's a very, it's it's not hard. It seems like it might be. But no. say you sold cakes and yep. you said to them, I sell sheet cakes, I sell vanilla, I sell chocolate. Well, guess yep. what? Everyone else does the same thing. Yep. Every yep. other bakery is going to sell that cake. So what you got to sure. say is, look, I'll put customs, you know, custom uh, uh, decorations on it for you. Now, that's, yeah. that sets you out apart from everybody else. You're going to say, look, I do this. You're going to want to say that, though. You have to say it. You have to say, I will do. You can't just go wait for someone to go, what differentiates yourself from the other people? You got to go, I sell sheet cakes. I sell chocolate vanilla. I also customize. We also customize this free of charge. Or we also deliver free of charge. Sure. Or we sure. deliver in a hundred and fifty mile radius. Yeah. While our customer while our competitors only deliver in a 50 mile radius. Yeah. So you you know, that's just for cake. You can easily call out value for, for IT services. I just did it for cake, which is pretty simple. And yeah. I gave you five different uh, you know, value ads to yeah. cake. So you you can do it to IT services, you can do it. To your to your products and services, it's not that hard. You just have to get figure out what people want. Now, do people want sheet cakes with with customized writing on it? You're taking a chance by saying that that's your value add. That's yeah. another problem. Is your value add a value add? If you say, yeah. "Look, we do sheet cake, we do chocolate vanilla, but we also have strawberry frosting," but if no one cares about strawberry frosting. then your value add is not a value add. How do you know? How do you know what a value add is?
0: Well, when you're a business, you know what's going to be. See, that's why I like the fact that you go after a niche. Let's go with the medical industry. You know they need to be HIPAA compliant. You know for a fact. You know that they're going to need support 24-7. You know that they want guaranteed response times because there's a lot of IT firms that don't talk about that. That's a big sticking point for uh, planting that seed that you're like, hey, these guys guarantee they're going to be on site same day. They're going to guarantee remote support within minutes. They respond to alerts within minutes. Right. So you got to You're going to have to eventually talk about your service level agreements, but don't go too deep in it because. You know, you don't want to lose the audience. You wanna, you wanna stick to the value proposition, and that's where uh, you're gonna help yourself stand out.
1: Now, and, and and how do you do that? We know you gotta listen. Yeah. Got listen, you gotta listen for a little while. You you can't just go, Fernando. You know, I sell cakes, and they're chocolate, villain and strawberry, and I have the fifty mile radius, and blah 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 blah, blah. and yeah. I'm babbling on, and you're just yeah. sitting there listening to me going. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're right. Uh, uh-huh. You're right. And you're right. and I'm not listening to you at all. And I go, yeah. "Does that sound good to you?" And you're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll give you a call when I get a chance." Yeah. You know, you can't do that. You have yeah. to figure out through good questions and answer sessions what it is that that person's values and then work on that.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, that's where the sales process comes in, right? When you're going to have to This is a, the the this conversation or uh, there's no silver bullet out there this is uh a uh, uh trial and error you're going to fail you got to be okay with failing but you got to be okay with with trying new things that's going to make you stand out you, it, it's not a it's not a perfect world this is not a a uh, um something that um, um, you're going to have figured out the first few times this is this is a process but it can be done it's uh it's definitely something that um um it's a it's 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 you're going to uh have to just develop an ongoing process it's during it's a lot of this has to also remember that you got to be a good listener you have to be in order to do well in this business you got to be a good listener don't listen more, talk less, okay?
1: Well, and you look- know, you know. the other day we had a meeting and someone said, you guys are saying everything we want to hear. Yeah. yeah. They just think this is too good to be true. Everything yes. you said, everything you said is everything we need. Yeah. And they yeah. were like, they were skeptical about <laughs> us based yeah. on the fact that we were like, you guys need X, Y, Z, L, J, F, B, yeah. R, and T. They're yeah. like how? Yeah. I mean they're like come on that's yeah. exactly what we need yeah yeah they're like yeah. how can you do how can you be a perfect fit
0: yeah yeah no you're right you're right sometimes you know you have organizations that are just they don't believe it's going to it's 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 a perfect marriage right it's sometimes it's very hard to to uh to uh come to the uh this realization that oh my god this is this is a gr- This could be a great marriage, right? This is a perfect partner from us.
1: Well, we so, got there because we listened to everything they said. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I need X, I need Y, I need Z. And then we turned around and said, we heard you need X, Y, and Z. Here's how yeah. we do X. Here's how we do Y. Here's how we do Z. And they're like, holy crap, that's everything yeah. we need. You just <laughs> described everything we need in detail. And we're like, yeah. yes, because we listen to you. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's 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 important. Listening is so critical to winning opportunities. And uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's just it's just part of building. You know, it's just a uh, it's something that I've always practiced as as a salesperson is listening to a prospect's problems, and then solving that problem with an answer. Keeping it short. Give them a comprehensive overview of how you're going to solve that problem. And then listen some more, and uh, people will, you know, your because that's what you know, your clients or your prospect, your prospective clients are there to to vent their challenges, vent their problems. So you got to be ready to listen. Too many, I've had too many conversations with IT people that they are awful listeners. They are awful. They love to talk. They love to flex that that big brain of theirs you got to get out of that habit. It's not a good habit to have. So be a good listener. Agreed. Now, let's say we're going to dive into choosing a vertical or going generic. Now, I know that we went generic in the beginning, but we decided in in the second decade, we decided to go with a, a, a vertical. And I think that these IT firms that are starting out, yeah, go generic in the beginning and then go and then determine you know what I love working with legal firms because I know their apps inside and out. I know them forwards and backwards. I know them in my sleep. So, you want to be able to you you want to make a decision later on to choose a vertical. But in the beginning, you know it it's it's like Gregory said, feast or famine. You're going to be starving. And you're going to just want to take on everything you can because you're starting out. This is, this is the, you're, you're building a, an empire and uh, in the beginning, yeah, you're going to want to take on as much as you can. So don't feel like, oh, i got to, I got to select a vertical today. No, no, I, that wouldn't be my advice. I would say go with uh, uh, an option where you can uh, support Uh, a number of uh, verticals and then make that decision later on so all right so you know i think an excel document can be plenty uh you don't have to add overhead uh of buying a crm or getting a license for a crm but now crms are are free which is nice see before you'd have to buy a license to to have a CRM. Well, that's not the case anymore. So if um, you have the option and you have the patience to manage a CRM uh, in the beginning, great. I would I, I would recommend they go with a CRM. But um, uh, I know some of these guys they hate it. So I'm going to just say go with what you feel is going to be a good fit. Because uh, Excel in the beginning can be just, it's fine. It would just be, it would be fine for you to go with an Excel document in the beginning. Now, pricing is going to be tied in with your break, fix or the MSP model because pricing is going to be very important. What do businesses like? They like fixed costs. That is tied in with the MSP model. But I also know that it's it's a huge challenge. So we're going to have a whole show dedicated to the MSP model and how our organization came up with the fixed price and what you should charge. We're going to give you that secret sauce because a lot of groups are still deciding, well, should I charge $50 per user or $65 per user or $100 per user? And, and this all comes down to, again, requirements. That's it. All right, selecting a tech stack. <clears throat> I'm going to keep it simple. You need an RMM tool. You need, you need backup. You need EDR. You need documentation. You need, uh, obviously, a um, phone number and all that. But what am I missing here, Greg, when it comes to the tech stack?
1: Yeah, you need endpoint protection backup. You need, a, you know, CRM, a PSA. Um oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're gonna do a if you need a sim tool, I mean, yeah, there's your tech stack can be pretty deep. And again, it comes down to requirements.
0: What do your client your prospective clients require you to have in place to deliver? Let's say some of them have to be compliant. Well, you're gonna have to get a compliant tool, you're gonna have to have some type of reporting that ensures that they are compliant. So, you know, it just Again, comes down to requirements. Now, um, let's talk about uh, the onboarding process. Ooh, man, is that like a whole nother show, Greg? Because onboarding can be pretty simple. I don't know. Do you want you? Do you want to dive into that real quick? No, no, no. We don't need to dive in because <laughs> I know it's 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 not a a a light conversation. But an onboarding process needs to ha- needs to be in place. I mean, uh, you agree, right? You need an right. onboarding process. You need a checklist of what you're going to do. And let's, I mean, if you start from the from A to Z, it's like, well, you got to go, you got to evaluate what they have in place. You got to determine where the gaps are. And during the onboarding process, you're going to have that checklist of like, oh, they don't have backup. Okay, we need to have a backup. Uh, solution in place. They don't have ED, They don't have security. Okay, let's get that EDR in place. So, onboarding process is going to be critical to the success of supporting an organization. All right, vendor relationships. How important would you say vendor relationships are, Greg? Basically, we've been doing this for two decades. How important are vendor relationships?
1: Well, the way things are in this world, I say they're not super important because people are moving in and out of these organizations like Dell and HP. I think we've had like 11 or 12 HP reps in the span of like two years. So it's just very, it's new people are coming in and out of these positions. Like nobody lasts longer than a year or two. I'd be surprised if you had a vendor relationship for longer with a larger organization than with a smaller one. If you have a small organization that only sells one thing, then, uh yeah, you might want to cultivate that relationship a little bit, but it's going to be hard to keep anything going with a larger org like Dado, for instance. We're on our or we're on a 10th or 15th rep. So wow. it's hard to keep it's hard to maintain those. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I can see that. It's a
0: uh, it's they have high turnover because of. The pressure they put on their people why why do you think they have so much turnover?
1: Uh, I think people just get into that job and then get you know get promoted uh up higher in, into other areas um account management's not the most fun job in the world either, so i mean your your eng- your your customers barely or rarely want to hear from you, and they might put a lot of pressure on them to make quotas and sales that are unrealistic so you know, you're selling sandwiches to people who've already eaten lunch. It's just very super hard, man. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I get it. I get it.
0: No, I know. It's not uh it's not the funnest for some of these people, but um, uh, you gotta start off somewhere. But um I get it. Well, let's let's talk about a very important component that is the last topic. How a white label partner can be the most valuable partnership for a person that's starting out as a side hustle. Because a white label partner is designed exactly what it sounds like. It's completely transparent. So that means these white label partners provide you with a complete platform to for your tech stack, team of help desk people, Security people, server people, um, and you can appear to your prospects that you can deliver uh, uh, support to uh, a thousand person office because you have a white label partner that can take on that entire, uh, uh, all those requests, the after hours, the weekends, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve. They're available to your clients because they're answering the phone as your organization. They're answering emails with your domain. They're uh, part. They integrate with your with your uh, website. So if you have online chat, they have tied in with. They're integrated with your online chat. So white label partners are going to be critical to uh, partners that are starting out because there's zero investment. Nothing. You don't have to. Pay any any white label partner, and if they do ask for money, uh, run the other way, because white label partners are only going to charge you for services that you require. So um, there's no upfront cost. It's you 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 sign an agreement that says, "Hey, I'm going to use you to deliver help desk services to my 100% office. You're responsible for this. I'm responsible for this." And some of them are very flexible and provide uh, one-man shows a a, a flexible and and customizable uh, option so they can deliver a a 24 seven solution to their clients. It positions them a lot, uh, puts them uh, in a position to uh, not leave money on the table. And white label partners are gonna provide you with templates, collateral, And the most important component is scaling. You don't have to hire full-time people anymore. You don't have to hire part-time people. They will scale with your demand. And that's the beauty of white label partners. Did I uh, miss anything on that white label partner uh, conversation? No, you're good. You're good. All right. Good. Good. Well, I've you know, I hit on all points here. I uh um if, if something does if I did miss something, you guys can always email me at info at mspcorner.com. We're wrapping things up, right, Greg? I mean, geez, we yeah. went over an hour. This is an over an hour uh podcast, but it's an important topic to discuss with a lot of these because there's IT firms opening up every day. A lot of these guys are building it as a side hustle. And this is, uh, we've provided some great information for a lot of them. So, um, thank you for listening. Greg, uh, anything else you want to add? No, that's it. Let's All right. give everybody back
1: some time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Hey, don't forget to sign up to be a member on the MSPCorner.com and share this link with a CEO or some an IT administrator who's thinking about starting a start, uh, side hustle. And uh, thanks for listening. Have a good night. Thank you for listening. Sign up and be a member on ww.msporner.com. Please share our-